All righty. It's Friday, July 3rd, day before our nation's birthday. And uh, what a wild, wild year this has been. So, uh, yeah, hopefully uh, we can take a break and everybody can take a pause and try to celebrate for what it's like to be an American. It's a, it's a, it's a crazy time for sure. And uh, being an American these days certainly means being a, being a hardcore football fan because uh, it's become America's pastime. So, uh, Wiz, I'm going to wish you a, a happy 4th of July here. And, uh, you know, we're on our way to uh, getting through these team capsules. And today we're going to take on the, uh, the Detroit Lions. Um, so how are you on this uh, 4th of July eve? I'm doing well, and I was just thinking as you were, you know, saying, you know, talking about all those things is um, that when we get to the Washington Redskins, well, they not, they may not be called the Washington Redskins the way uh, this thing is going here. You know, um, it, it's unbelievable. You're, you're, uh, and I saw they already got some uh, potential. Yeah, new like there's a, there's a lot. It's it's different now. I mean, now it is so you know. A lot more pressure from a lot more people that matter, I guess, uh, in terms of money. And uh, I, I'm, I'm almost thinking it's inevitable there's going to be a change probably prior to the season as well. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting to see uh, what happens with that. But uh, when we get to the uh, when we get there, uh, we'll see what the team name is. But I guess. Uh, for now, we're talking Detroit Lions, right? All right, yeah, definitely. I will just say this one thing: uh, if I had a choice between the Washington, if I had a choice of the Washington nickname, or if I was part of a survey, or whatever, I would go with the Hogs. <laughs> I think that would be awesome. The Hogs, uh, yeah, yeah, from um, yeah that, that offensive line, and uh, yeah, they 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 loved it. I mean, uh, back in those days, my goodness, the. Uh, that that behind the end zone, they really uh, they loved that persona. So that was uh, that was that was great back then. We'll and we'll see what happens. But uh, talking about the Lions, uh, you know, Matt Stafford. We'll start with him because I think that when it comes to the Lions, that's that's really where things start. Um, and it, it's been pretty simple as far as Matt Stafford is concerned. When he's been able to stay on the field, he has been dynamic. Uh, the only thing that is concerning are his back-to-back years of these back injuries where he played through two seasons ago like a bro- broken bones in his back. Last year he wanted to, but they had to sit down for a good part of the season. So, boy, what do you do with Matt Stafford here when he plays – he stays on the field. He is just dynamic and puts up great fantasy numbers. The injury factor, how does that weigh into your uh, consideration coming to the season? Yes, I'll say this too. You know, additionally to going through the injury stuff, you know, he had personal uh, stuff going on. His wife was, uh, I, I believe, some sort of cancer. She she bounced back very well from. She's doing well, and uh, you know, which is awesome to hear. But yeah, certainly uh, it does begin with Matt Stafford, and I think last year in particular, you know, he was on his way to just an incredible season. Um, I think he was the number two fantasy quarterback before he went down um, through eight games, 2,500 yards, 19 touchdowns, five interceptions. Uh, you know, I thought it was a, a receiving core that was starting to round into shape, uh, some young players on this team. So I'm really encouraged. And I think Matt Stafford will probably be ranked somewhere in the kind of eight to 12 area um, at quarterback. I think, you know, as a result of the injury, I think you're going to want to make sure 
that you have a decent backup quarterback as a result. But I think Matt Stafford could put up top five numbers very easily. So he may be the type of player, much like you thought about um, you know, Dak Prescott last year being a top five guy. I don't know that people think of Matt Stafford like that, but I, I would think of him like that. Uh, coming into the season, despite the injury woes, I'd make sure I'd have a buffer behind him in terms of my backup quarterback. It wouldn't be the backup quarterback for the Lions, who who now is Chase Daniel. But I, I, I like what I see in Detroit. I like their young playmakers. Matt Stafford is, is certainly a guy that should be targeted at quarterback and, and will probably be slightly undervalued coming into the season. Yeah, I think if you don't get one of those first, you know, if you don't get Lamar Jackson or if you don't get Pat Mahomes or Dak Prescott or Russ Wilson or if you're super high like you on Kyler Murray, you know, and you don't get one of those guys, man, Matt Stafford is a great fallback option to have if you have two quarterbacks and um, – and um, with a two-quarterback system, a great to use and, and pick your spots with, especially at these home games. It just seems like when they play at home, he's going to put up good numbers no matter what. Sometimes they, their their game doesn't travel on the road, especially if they're playing in cold weather or some of these outdoor conditions. But he's a, he's a great option, a great fallback option if you don't get one of those first five or six guys and then pick your spots with him during the season. Um, I just think that uh, I just think he's a terrific quarterback. Yeah, and I, and I think most people probably don't realize what his statistically where he was before he went down last year. So just for everybody, I think you got to keep that in mind. Uh, I hope the player comes back as as a healthy one this year, and and take your chances with that. Yeah, and um, you know, moving on to the running back uh, position, um, this is this is I think. Not only, I, I think this is probably the most intriguing matchup of, you know, running backs. We have a young player entering his third season and a rookie who's taken with, a, you know, the second round pick, kind of like squaring off and nobody's quite sure. Is it going to be the incumbent, Kerryon Johnson? Is it going to be DeAndre Swift? Both Scarborough played really well when he got in there as they, I think, will be the third guy. So the, the thing about this, com, you know, this combination is either guy can be a top 10 guy if they got the full workload. They both can be flex running back two or three, even with the other guy there. But I think you'd almost have to say that they kind of eat at each other's value a little bit uh, by the situation where it doesn't look like one guy is going to be the workhorse and the other guy is going to be kind of like a, a pure backup. It looks like it's kind of be one of these even share situations. And uh, so how do you, how do you go about with the thinking of the, you know, this, this matchup between carry on Johnson and DeAndre Swift. So unfortunately when carry on Johnson was on his rookie year, he looked really good. Only played 10 games last year. He played eight. I thought it was really surprising when they actually, I think he played the last game or two at the end of the season. Did they bring him back? I, I don't remember, but he only played eight games. This is a player that's played 18 out of a possible 32 games in his in his first two seasons. So I think there's an indictment on the player when they go out and, and, and choose to make a, a somewhat surprising move and, and draft DeAndre Swift as early as they did when, when this is a team that definitely had needs in other places. Uh, that said... Um, you know, Johnson has performed okay, although he, he definitely was not what he was as a rookie. You know, he, he was averaging five and a half yards a carry as a rookie. Last year, he was at 3.8. Uh, 
Swift comes in. He comes from uh, he, he comes from a place where uh, you know football running running backs have done very well coming out of the University of Georgia. Uh, so look, I, I'm I'm nervous about carry on staying healthy, but maybe they can do it in such that, as you said, they kind of eat at each other's value because they try to keep each other fresh. And I think this is an also a normal year with with rookies not getting the proper training that they normally would get. So on on that basis, I I, I would probably be reluctant to put my eggs in this basket and, and look for a lot from it. I'd probably trust just because, you know, I just don't know the injury story with carry on Johnson again. I'd probably even trust the rookie a little bit more as, a, as opposed to carry on Johnson. They also have the, the that scat back out of the Tyler Johnson uh, out of the backfield as well, who, who actually caught 25 balls last year. So there's some running back depth. I know you picked up Scarborough in the league, but I'd be afraid. I just, would kind of be afraid of this position on this team. Swift would make a little bit of sense from a dynasty perspective. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, if one or the other, you know, for some unfortunate reason, you know, fumbling or injury, the guy that would be there and get the workload would have tremendous value. And the thing about what makes this, the thing that really makes this interesting is they kind of like the same player. They kind of do a lot of things well, not, nothing great, but nothing poor. Um, I think Kerry on Johnson, in my opinion, is a little bit better, but the fact that they took Swift so high, you know, he's not going to be on sitting on the bench. And uh, it's going to be very interesting how that plays out. Uh, But if they both stay healthy, I think they're going to kind of even each other's value and they won't have the same value as if, you know, they, they were not, you know, playing on the same team in the same backfield. So interesting outlook for the uh for the lions running back situations which i guess leads to wide receiver and uh i think we both love the emergence of kenny galladay and um he's really becoming an elite level wide receiver really in that top 10 probably at this point i think he's kind of taken over that clear number one spot over marvin jones who i still like amandola is a guy that is perfectly suited to be that number one, three wide receiver uh, in the slot. There, they got uh, Allison from the from the from Green Bay, uh, Quintus Hefes from Wisconsin. They drafted as well. So, uh, very very interesting wide receivers. It seems that they're you know. Their positions are perfectly suited with Amendola in the slot, having depth there with Allison and, and Cephas to see if he can start emerging. And, uh, you know, I know you love Kennedy Galladay, so why don't you talk a little bit about the wide receiver yeah, right now we love uh, with Galladay. I think Galladay's a beast. You, you look at his stats. So first of all, he had the most long touchdowns in the NFL last year, over 25 yards. I think there were five of them. Um, you know, explosive plays. I think he led the league in, in, in plays uh, in that in that as well. Uh, and he did it in the second half, again, with, with really nobody throwing him the ball. He ended up having 1,100 yards and 11 touchdowns, 65 catches. Uh, look, I think he's just a notch below that kind of, you know, the Mike Thomas, Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins group. Uh, you know, you might want to throw Tyree Kill and Godwin and Evans in there, but I think he's right below it, and I just think he's a beast. He's uh, And he's going to get better. They certainly continued to feed him even after Stafford left. Um, he actually had five touchdowns, you know, post Stafford's injury. So yeah, he, he's a top 10 
receiver and you have to love him and and I think you know you mentioned Marvin Jones Jones is one of these guys that always pops up with one of these two or three touchdown 150 to 175 yard games he seems to put he seems to put one of those games together every single year I, I love what you said about Amendola and, and I think they have some depth with what they've done to free agency and through the draft so I love this receiving core I think it's a really terrific group but Kenny Galladay to me is a clear top 10 option at wide receiver yeah, you, when you hear that list of receivers and quality depth, it really emphasizes the point why he kind of want to get Stafford in these drafts, and uh, you know, especially if you don't have to take him with an early pick. So yeah, a lot, a lot to like about uh, the wide receiver core for for the Lions, and uh, and moving over to tight end, you know, T.J. Hawkinson was taken the first round from Iowa last year. He started off looking like Gronkowski his first game, and then he seemed to be uh, hampered with injuries. Stafford went down. He had some key drops, unusual drops, um, things that, you know, doesn't seem like um, uh, that would happen to that player because he was rock solid at Iowa, and then he just had like a case of the drops and some odd passes that even the end zone and Stafford – you know, really a confidence in the early, and he just couldn't get going after that. And then he started uh, getting, you know, playing, trying to play through injuries. Then he just had a missed time. And then Stafford went down. And uh, so, what do you do? Do you put a giant X through that season of Hawkinson and say, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna have a do-over with him, you know, uh, Mulligan, and uh, start fresh with him? Uh, do you not like what you saw? Where are you on T.J. Hawkinson? It's, you know, it's really funny. I, I remember last year uh, sitting down watching the games in week one and, and, and we're watching the Detroit game. They played at one o'clock and this guy goes hog wild <laughs> and people you know, screaming and yelling. And he was an unbelievable in, in almost every league I was in. People were paying up big time on their wave of wires to get TJ Hawkinson. He had... Uh, he had six or seven catches, 130 yards, a touchdown. You mentioned Gronk. Like, people people were going crazy for this guy. And then he did a Houdini act um, for the rest of the season. Um, didn't play the whole year. As you said, he had injury issues. So, so yeah, you know what? Hopefully he comes back healthy. I did read something where he's not quite back to 100% yet. That was recently uh, from one of the beat writers, which is a little disconcerting. But yeah, I'm, I, look, I think play, people uh, that are participating in fantasy leagues will certainly look at it and say, hey, look, this guy's got potential in his second year. He's part of a dynamic offense. You know, in the past, they have used the tight end a bit. So hopefully he bounces back from this and uh, about from the injuries and kind of the case of the drops that he had. And he looks more like uh, Gronkowski than uh, Kyle Brady uh, for uh, our, our Jet fans, who was a big disappointment as a high high round draft pick uh, back in the day. So, yeah, I, I think it's a guy I'd take a chance on. He's one of those receivers that, uh, sorry, tight ends that fall between, say, 10 and 20 that you could take a shot on and uh, potentially being a, a better performer than, uh, than advertised. Yeah, if you were watching football, uh, fantasy football, uh, week one, and you had TJ Hawkinson and Sammy Watkins, you probably said, wow, I, you know, I could get the world for these two players. <laughs> you know, you probably thought, what the heck happened after that? You know, neither guy did anything kind of after you know, the opening week. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, I think T.J. Hawkinson is, you know, not a bad second tight end to get or one of these guys um, to, uh, you know, if you can get the uh, one of the elite guys, he's certainly one of these of many young 
tight ends who uh, should probably improve uh, second year. So that's about it as far as the Lions go. Anything you wanted to add? Well, look, I, I, I would say this: th- th- their place kicker is probably one of the most l- consistent, long kickers that we have in the league. He's, uh, Matt Prater, who started his career in um, in Denver, and he's been with the Lions for a few years now. The guy can bang him from a long way, and Matt Patricia's not, af- not afraid to send him out there. I, I always think he goes slightly under the radar. I think anytime you have an indoor kicker, you have to look at those just, just from the beneficiary of you know, late season games and, and, and having the comfy dome kicking, but he's got a big leg. And, and like I said, Patricia likes to send him out there to kick the long ones. And sometimes this offense does stall out a bit. So I, I, I do like Prater as a fantasy kicker. I think he's a top seven guy. Easy. Any thoughts on the defense? Uh, in a match Patricia for that Belichick umbrella. I, you know, I think he, he, he definitely has some good ideas. I mean, I think he was the first coach to figure out how to stop the the Rams a couple of years ago, and then kind of teams kind of did some copycat on what on what he was doing. So I, I think he has some creativity. Where do you view the Lions? Are you would you consider streaming them? Would you would they be a top twelve defense for you around there? Well, what's the any quick thoughts on the Lions defense? So yeah, I think. You know, uh, Patricia went to some familiar territory, right? He brought Jamie Collins in. He brought Deron Harmon in, guys that he's coached before. Um, I think they need to get a pass rush. They seem to, since Ziggy Ansah has left this team, they really don't sack the quarterback that much. Uh, they drafted the kid from uh, Notre Dame, uh, Okwara. Okwara. So um, hopefully they can get some help there with this player. I, this defense may be a little bit better than you think, and I, and I like the fact that, Patricia is a defensive guy, so I could see this being a, a, a good streaming defense uh, for a couple of matchups during the season. Yeah, I'm sure Matt Patricia is hoping that Okuda will be able to kind of slow down Thielen and Devontae Adams and Allen Robinson. I'm sure that was on his mind when he when he took that play with the third overall pick. So, yeah, I agree with you, uh, Lions defense and Matt Prater is recommended by the guru. <laughs> All righty. So uh, that's it. We're going to wrap up the Lions right there. Uh, don't forget to uh, subscribe to Guru and the Wiz uh, Fantasy Football Podcast. It's on Spotify. It's on iCloud. Uh, iTunes, excuse me. It's on SoundCloud. So uh, make sure you listen and subscribe. And uh, we look forward to continuing the odyssey around the NFL. Thank you, Wiz. You too.